Welcome to episode 56 of the Juicebox Podcast. Uh, this episode is long, but it's long for a reason, so to try to shorten up a little bit, no ads. It is a conversation with Joan, and I'm not even going to... I can't... I can't ruin it for you. Joan has gone from being a mother to a grandmother, back to a mother, and then to a D-mom. Now she's the mother of a child with diabetes. I... Um, this woman is an inspiration. Her story is sad and uplifting and spectacular and hopeful and wonderful. So nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. And I may not even put up one up next week. So you guys have time because you might have to listen to this in a sitting or two. It's, it's about an hour and 20 minutes long, but very, very worth your time and, and effort. Okay, everyone. This is Joan. Okay, Joan, I met you when you sent me a message and said, Scott, I really like your podcast and it's helped me a lot. I've been trying to write you an email to tell you that, but I keep kind of tripping over myself. Could we speak on the phone? Yes, that's right. That is right. And I said, of course, and we got together and we talked on the phone. And then you told me a story that when you were finished, I said, if you would ever be willing to tell that on the podcast... I think people would find it really interesting. And here you are. Well, I was so surprised because I see that part of the conversation is so not related to diabetes. Um, you know, people who have gotten to know us in the diabetes community have kind of said similar things to what you said, but I don't see it that way. So I was, there were so many other things that I, when I would listen to podcasts, I thought, oh, I'd really like to talk about that someday. or. And when you mentioned the topic that I wanted to talk about, I was so surprised. Well, it's I all, remember, pardon me? It's all going to tie together. And, and okay. <laughs> trust me, it's hard to see. It's just like when you listen to your own voice, it sounds right. strange, but it doesn't sound strange to anyone else. And it, it, sometimes it's hard to see your own life sometimes for, for maybe the way other people see it. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Okay. And then we'll launch. I'm gonna, we're going to warn everybody up front that... You already know I'm chatty, but Joan, by her own admission, can be also. And and she asked me when we spoke earlier, she's like, if I get carried away, just stop me. <laughs> but right. that's that's not going to happen. She's a great storyteller. So, uh, Joan, because I think it's kind of important to the story, um, tell me tell me how old you are. I'm, I just turned 60. You just turned 60. And 66. 66, excuse me. Yeah. And how long have you been married? Uh, it'll be 45 years on Easter Sunday. Okay, so you got married when you were eight years old. That's what my math tells me. <laughs> and back then, yeah, that was 21. fine. You were allowed to do that. And, and uh, wow, and on Easter. Yes. Well, it wasn't Easter when we got married. But I understand. That's another story, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so how many children do you... Well, first of all, are we going to use just your first name? Uh, you can use my whole name. No, I, I don't see how it's necessary. Honestly. I'm Irish. You're Irish. But I'm Italian by marriage, so okay. you can use my... yeah. Joan Benedetto. Okay. So, Joan, Joan, what's your husband's name? Ray. Okay. You and you and Ray get married 45, 45 years ago? Uh, yes. Wow. Good for you. And how many kids did you have together? Uh, we had five. We lost one uh, after a day. A preemie. And back then, they just didn't have what they needed mm-hmm. to uh, help him along. 
So um, raised four, they were born seven years apart. Okay. Seven years apart. So for an Irish person, that's a lot of gap in between babies. Good for you. <laughs> um, okay. So you've got these four kids. You've raised them. What do we have? How many boys? How many girls? How did it work uh, out? We have three girls and we had a son. Three girls and a boy. Okay. The last two were just, uh, we had the son and then um, a year later we had a little girl. Really quite quite a miracle. And the, they pretty much raised themselves. As they pretty much raised themselves. I'm sorry, what? Well, they raised themselves as twins. As twins, because they were so close in age. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So four kids, you're going through your life. You've gotten them, I, I'm assuming, out of the house at some point. You, yes. and, you and your husband are, are, are living, living the dream, as they say. Right. And, um, and one of your children, the one, the one that we're going to really talk about tonight, one of your daughters, what, what's her name? Stacy. Tracy? Stacy. Stacy. Yeah. So Stacy is about to have her own baby. Is that her first or no? Uh, second. She her had se- an 11-year-old. She had an 11-year-old. She's about to have another one. You guys don't live in the same state, and I feel like this is where your story picks up. So Stacy's about to have a baby, and you do what? Well, um, I, the baby was born on Thursday. She had uh, high blood pressure. So they put her in the hospital, and they, the baby's lungs weren't quite ready. Days later... On the 19th of April, um, was delivered him. It was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, I traveled to be with her on Monday because baby was a little early. So I was gathering up things that siblings had for her, baby things. Yeah. So I got there on a Monday and we back and forth. The baby was in the NICU. He had rest. rest. And on the 26th of April, which the Thursday, we got Jace out of the hospital just in time to pick up the brother from school. And, and I want to stop you for a second because you're breaking up a little bit. I want to make sure I called you on a landline, though, right? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm just, I don't know why you're breaking up a little bit, but I'm I, sorry. No, no, it's not your fault. It's technology's fault. We, we <laughs> okay. have the phone lines from, from 1940, apparently, in this right. country. Okay, so um, about a week later, he gets out of the NICU. Things are going well. And his, and his name is. Jace. Jace. J-A-C-E? J-A-Y-C. J-A-Y-C. Okay. So Jace is out. Things are going well. You're visiting with your daughter. Um, does she leave the hospital with the baby? Yes. We got Jace out on the 26th and um, picked up older brother from school. Spent a wonderful afternoon bonding. Um, Stacy requested spaghetti dinner to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So we had a nice dinner. Um, so after our celebratory meal, um, I took pictures, um, which is a surprise even to me because usually I forget and say, oh, I wish I had taken pictures, but I did. And I captured a beautiful photograph of her with, you know, kind of sunset coming in the window, holding the baby, and Anthony is snuggled up beside her. And that was at 8.30 p.m., and by 8.30 the next morning, she had passed away. Passed away. Um, I had been upstairs with her with the baby at about 5.30. Um, looked absolutely Um And I asked her if she wanted me to swaddle the baby and put him back in the bassinet. And she said, oh, Mom, I think I'm just going to love on him a bit. Yeah. And at 7.30, I heard her alarm go off. Anthony off to I thought, well, I'll go see if I can help out, out or with the baby. 
and I heard her exclaim, kind of gasp, and I really thought there was something wrong. Mm. I started up the steps, and I heard a thud. Anyway, the rest is, I, I yelled for Anthony to get my phone. We called 911. Um, I knew after, I did call my son. I have a, a son and daughter-in-law and grandkids. Close. Um, called them, and um, I told my son after about 15 minutes that I knew she was already gone. And so and, she, did she pass in the house before, like, EMS could get to you? Um, I, Scott, by the time I got up to her, I believe she was already gone. Okay. Was breathing, but I fell by her eyes. Right. And what took her? It was something with her heart. Did not know was wrong. Wow. Um, the artery that was malformed. Um, and there was also evidence that had a, um, a massive infection hadn't come to Yet. So it's possible there was a blood clot, and that was the ultimate assault. I see. But um, so um, as I was leaving the room, when the paramedics came, I just said, "What about the?" Well, <clears throat> pardon me. Well, if he wakes up, one of the there are police officers. I mean, you know, there. I don't know how they all managed to fit in that room, but mm-hmm. they did. And they said one of the officers will bring baby down. So. Um, after she passed away, one of the officers put face in my arms. So, so you, you're in the middle of a, a completely untenable situation. Your daughter, you're fairly certain, has passed away a, a day after coming home from giving birth to her second child. The baby is asleep in the bassinet. You probably didn't know which way to go. Um, I didn't. Yeah, and and the officer, they say, okay, don't worry. The, you know, somebody's going to handle the baby for you. You stay with your daughter. And, and, well, no, they said you go downstairs while we work on your daughter. And if the baby wakes up, we'll bring him to. Oh my gosh. I misunderstood. That's even yes. crazier. Okay. So they wanted you out of the room and, yeah. and okay. And so, wow. So it's 2016. Now it's the spring. How long ago was that? It will be four years on the 27th. Four years. Okay. So you were 62 when this happened? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now. All right, John, everybody take a breath, because as if that's not bad enough, now now, Anthony and, and Jace are without a mom. Right. Uh, you live out of state. And and who takes care of the kids then after her passing? Um, well, that was one of the first things that came crashing down. I had this silly thought, I have to call and tell the school that Anthony's going to be late. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, mother just did go to school. Yeah, we don't really need to call the school, right? Well, I mean, I did need to call the school, but um, what unfolded when I made that phone call was absolutely unbelievable. Um, I called the school, and I didn't realize how familiar everyone was. Kind of silly, because I've been there for two years. But immediately, they thought that there was something wrong with the baby. And I, oh, no, no. So, of course, I had to tell them what happened. But uh, what I learned how involved my daughter was in the, um, so much so that I got a call later that night asking any way that we could have a funeral mass at night instead of during the day. Because there were so many people that were yeah. involved at the school that, that had great feelings about her and they knew everyone would want to come. So, so your daughter is a, is a real involved mom at, at, at Anthony's school 
Yeah. And and that's something you learn about her after her passing when you call the school to let them know Anthony can't come in. Right. That's correct. Right. One of the teachers actually gave, um, she asked if she could, and I was so taken aback. I, you know, I said, well, sure. I had no idea what she would say. And talked about, Stacy was a very um, silent, she didn't have a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Had to avail herself of resources found ways to pay back. Um, I remember, didn't really like to talk about it, but Trina hit. Um, she worked at a restaurant, um, like on a, an exit of a center state. Okay. And she decided to try to get some donations went up and down um, exit ramp to different hotels. Managed to get pals. By the time she finished, she kind of intimidated her co-workers to to help out. They had to bring in a semi-trailer, take everything that had been collected. So she's, but, she's a really good-hearted person. So, so, yeah. so let me say that again, because you, you did cut out for a second there. So she, she took up donations for what? For when Katrina hit. For when Katrina hit. And, yeah. and on her own, just head out on the, on the, on the highway, stopping yeah. on the interstate, going from business to business, collecting towels and money and whatever else right. she could. Yeah, first she was doing it in her car. Mm-hmm. And then there wasn't any more room in her car, so they found a place for it. Anyway, they had the, the restaurant worked for had to bring in a, a semi-trailer. <laughs> and she got so, other people to do what she was doing. So she, she, she really did, she had a good way about her, and she touched people, and, and, yeah, and I, everyone remembered her. Right, and yeah. she shared from, you know, like I said, she had to avail herself of resources from time to time, but she always shared what she had. What she could, right. So um, a very giving person. And, yeah. and, and now do you think, because uh, because I know where the story is going to go, I'm a little bit of an advantage. Is that something she got from you? Did you raise her that way? Or did she just, just was it good luck? Well, did she just turn well, out like one, that? Well, one would hope. I mean, we are, we're a faith-filled family, and we do try to um, you know, live gospel of giving of what we have, not from our excess, but you know, so that we feel a sacrifice. Um, but we never really pointed our fingers at our kids and, you know, shook our fingers at them. Um, you know, we did our share of shopping for different families, um, church over the years. Um, tried not to only do it at Christmas time. I mean, everybody's got a giving. At Christmas, yeah. yeah everybody peps um, up at Christmas, right? You know, we try to get our children to understand grateful for what they do have and not be thinking of the next thing and don't compare what you have to what someone else has. Don't really know what goes on under their roof. So you might actually have more than they have, but it might not be obvious. Yeah. Um, And we were a military family, so we traveled around a lot and saw a lot of different kind of family lifestyles. We're able to see consequences of places, and so that's really the best learning experience versus tell your kids. Yeah, it's easy to tell them to be generous, yeah. and and, right. and it's another thing for them to see it. Okay, so Joan, so so speaking of generosity, then so now you've got these two grandchildren who are without a mom. They weren't living with their father. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, um, and and who who gets the kids? Well. Uh, that very day, I looked down and it really was an oh my God moment. Because was eight days old. 
And I thought, I don't know how long he's going to be. I don't know. There was someone who could have walked through the door at any moment, just taken him out of my arms. Right. Said, okay. So, but I had to bond with so, so, but but that wasn't really your expectation of the the father, Jason's father. You didn't expect was looking to want one an eight day old oh, baby. Yeah, yes, I did. Oh, you did expect we that he wanted a, to. We put up a, a yeah, had okay. a battle. Um, I lived in town. Her daughter had been, um, and that was another realization. I have to take over her home. I have to call the utility companies. I mean, it was just, it came crashing so down. So much, yeah. So we did. Um, we. Had a, I, I don't want to give too many details. On no, this. no, please. We did. Um, I stayed for three months, and we were awarded full custody. It was an unprecedented verdict in our area, yeah. especially because we were out of state. You were from out of state. Um, so um, we actually died on the 27th of April. Our verdict came in on the 9th of August, and we. Scott Anthony appeared just about five days before. Before what? So I'm sorry? I was already registering a child. Oh, right before school. That I didn't know for sure I was going to be raising. Okay, so so oh. you had to and you had to stay away from your home uh, yeah. and live and live where your daughter was until all this was taken in April, May, June, July, five almost a half a year. Um, about four months. About four yeah. months. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's take. Let's just. And I have a straight at down arrow now, so I'm happy because I can see my morning high that little guy had. Um, what will always happen on that, you know, the day when you don't want it to happen at school? <laughs> I've learned to figure out that, that I realize that all the times it happens were days I didn't want it to happen. I used to of think... Course. <laughs> I used to think, oh, diabetes is messing with me at the exact wrong time. And then I realized there was never a good time. <laughs> no, right. There's never a good time. Oh, gosh. How's he doing? What's, what's the arrow? It's down. It's straight down. He's getting what you, is that what you were hoping for? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll pick it back up here and you stop whatever you need to for, for Jace. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So Anthony and Jace are now in your custody. You, you are their, their legal guardians and they're home with you. You've got Anthony registered for school. Jace is, you know, four months old, maybe a little older. Um, and you and your husband have decided you're going to, you're going to raise the kids. Oh yes, yeah. We, I mean, we, we were awarded custody. Yeah, that's that's really so. So right there, let me stop you and say right there, that's a huge thing. And I know some people would say, "Oh, it's my, it's our daughter. Of course, she would take the children." And I I agree with that sentiment as well. But there are still plenty of people who, for a myriad of reasons, either wouldn't or couldn't or wouldn't want to. And and but you did. It didn't. It never occurred to you not to. You've taken the children. And and you're gonna you're gonna raise them, but you're you're also 62 when you make that decision, right? You know, so well, the, the interesting thing was that um, on two occasions. Now I, I don't really believe, and I, I don't think there was any kind of premonition. I, there were two occasions when our daughter asked me if anything ever happened. To me, please promise me. Dot dot dot. Yeah, take care of the kids, right? Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. Um. And no, I never thought that that would be something that I would be doing. I was, um, until I started raising boys, I had been a very active member of a faith-sharing group, and we're all moms, we're all grandmoms. And, you know, we've said over time, we love being grandparents. 
wouldn't want to be raising our grandchildren because we lose that that the fun part. Yeah, and it's and tiring. I, it's you know, tiring I'm a man who said that, not because I you know, would never do it, but because I want the grandparents. And that was completely gone. That relationship. You lose that experience. And I have, oh, absolutely. I have the and, same feeling. I, when my father left my mom when I was 13 and my mom went to work full time, I you know, became like the overseer of my younger brothers. And even to this day, and we're in our 40s, my brother will say sometimes, my, my middle brother says it, it's really awkward because you were the one telling me what to do and, oh. you know, and giving, telling me when I was in trouble and when I was doing well and all that stuff. And it, it blurs the lines between the relationship yep. you're supposed to have. Yeah, so it, it gets stolen from you. Right. Well, with, you know, with, with the older one, there is still, I mean, all of a sudden we became the parents. That, that kind of had some problems that developed there. You know, and not only... Was there one parent, but now there are two. Yeah, and he was only accustomed to your daughter. Yes. So, um, you know, that, um, and, you know, relocating and leaving school and friends, you know, so that different issue. But with Jace, it didn't take long at all. Uh, matter of fact, it was our daughter-in-law who pointed out, um, and they were very present during this whole thing because they lived right in that town. And then our daughters um, live in different areas traveled in and out. We had, I mean, I had a tremendous amount of family support. My husband came down almost every weekend um, you know, to, with us. Was he working still? Yes. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, he still is. Um, but he said to me when they would come over and hold base, it became very obvious how bonded he was to me. She was the first one pointed out. Mom, he's searching for when we take turns holding him searching. And right after we got up here, the older one had asked a counselor, well, what basically all call me Grammy. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You broke up there, but, but so no, no, it's not your fault. But so Anthony asked the counselor what to call you and and what did we decide? What, what Jace would call me. Oh, what Jace would call you. And, um, she said, that's not for any of us to say that's up to. Yeah. He'll figure it out. To him, I'm mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he, you know, he goes to preschool. He's the other kids. We have a, a, a one of our daughters lives by. So Jace has a cousin, and he sees her call our daughter mommy. You know, so I mean, to him, we're, we're mom. And well, yeah, um, you know, if you weren't, if you weren't your daughter's mother, if you were just, you know, say she passed and she didn't have extended family, he'd be adopted by somebody, and that would be his mother. You don't want to take that experience from him. Well, and that's one of the things we explained to his brother, that he had the benefit of having a relationship with a mother and that, you know, his little brother deserves that same. And and Jace knows his mother is in heaven. He hasn't quite figured out yet that mother and mom, okay, now wait a minute. You know, probably when he's six or seven, he's going to ask that question. Sure. Um, But, you know, we have pictures of her. And he'll say, my mother is in heaven. But to him, I'm I'm mom. Right. Okay. So, Joan, so because I want to keep this in around an hour and I want to get your whole story out, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So you get get Jace home. He's four months old. And you're on a podcast about type one diabetes, so let's not let's not, as they say, bury the lead. When when is Jace diagnosed with type one? 
was 18 months old. It was November 2nd. Wow. Now I'm going to cry. Hold on a second. Give me just one second. Uh, you're going to upset me, Joan. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. No, no, no. Okay. So 18 months old, and how does how does Jace present? Is it is it pretty much how everyone does? Was oh, yes. Um, well, we had had a 15-month checkup, which was, you know, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd had him in a couple times. He kept getting this viral cold thing that just wouldn't go away. And, you know, I had him in or three times in between the 15-month and the 18-month checkup. Um, and he also had this funny little diaper rash, and he was never prone to having any kind of rashes. A lot of Just stuff like happened perfect all baby. No colic, no rashes, no, no, no nothing. Um, so we got him 18-month checkup, and he hadn't gained any weight. Mm-hmm. But he had grown two inches. Well, Felt okay. you know, you can explain that away. Yep. I mean, I have read this so many times, Scott. It, ha- um, it happens yeah. to everybody in, in and about about the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and for certain, especially when they're little like that, there's always or there's usually a way to explain what's happening. Like Arden right. was sick, but oh, she just had this happen. And, you know, right. oh, he, right. you know, he grew. So that must that's healthy, but he hasn't gained weight. But that's probably because he just grew. And right. Yeah. He's thinning out. Right. 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 Um, he also was drinking a lot more, but um, we had just gotten him a new water bottle that looked kind of like ours. And so, you just well, thought maybe course, he was just drinking more. Yeah, and I had to buy overnight diapers. Well, a lot of people have to use overnight diapers much sooner than that. You know, even our daughter who had a three-year-old said, well, you know, Mom, don't you remember I had to do that too, you know? So, um, anyway, we, so they did not check up. No, nothing really came from that. So nine days later, um, Saturday morning, pardon me, woke up, cold seemed a little bit worse. And he was a little lethargic. Um, my husband was with him in the morning while I was out with his brother. And he said, Jace took another long nap and he wet, you know, wet through his diaper. And then he ate a great lunch. I put him down for a nap. And when I went to get him up from his nap, I didn't like his breathing. Yeah. And I said to my husband, I'm taking Jace to the ER. Um, we really thought he had pneumonia, which is another classic. Yeah, Arden looked like a zombie by the time we took her. Like she really, no, she stood I up and just. You, Scott. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is that better? No. You're st- I'm still not here. Hold on a second. <clears throat> is that any better? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to say Arden looked like a zombie by the time we figured it out. She just, she'd stand up at, you know, and two years old, she just shuffled and there was no life in her face. And, you you know, it's, you did the right, so you do the right thing. You go, you go to the ER and, Uh and go ahead. What, what happened? Well, it was this, it was like slow motion. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, of course they looked at him and they could tell he was having trouble breathing, but when, you know, the little nose is dripping, um, you know, oh yeah, the viral cold, and it ju- it really was slow motion. And by the time they took us for the chest X-ray, I knew about an hour before I got Jace up from his nap, I was talking to my daughter on the phone, and I said, Andrea, I really I don't know a lot about it, but I think this is the symptoms of type one diabetes. Wow, what what triggered your thought about that? Do you know? You know what? God, I don't know. I had just enough knowledge of type 1 diabetes to be dangerous. I grew up um, next to 
family. Um, the little girl I played with was a year younger than I, and she had a cousin who was a year younger than she had type 1 diabetes. You saw just enough that something stuck in your head yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, when it was time to give her insulin, we all left the house because scream bloody murder. I mean, I remember my neighbor boiling the syringe, and I look back on that man now with the most respect. Here's an uncle who's willing to watch for a weekend so that his brother and wife can have some time free from diabetes. I mean, isn't that every parent parent of a type 1 diabetic that's their dream i would like a whole weekend that sounds nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm so, sure um i mean we both laughed and thought that's totally ridiculous i got a cold why would i even be thinking that but it was this way wedding of the bed it was so out of character yeah they came out of nowhere him as an 18 month old anyway when i got him up from snap and i was holding him went to slide out of down my legs to play and his little legs out from under him. I mean, he'd only been out of his bed 10 minutes. He couldn't and I, hold himself it. up already. Yeah. I'm going to the ER. So anyway, we're waiting for the results of the chest x-ray, and I had taken a bottle because it had been time for him to have one. I asked if I could give him one. Yes, you can. And just as the doctor's coming through the door, Jace gets sick to his stomach. And the whole food in the room changed. The doctor puts his hands on his hips and says, well, how long has this been going on? Right. Well, we've been there three hours already. And I said, this is the first time in his life that ever gotten this stomach. Yeah, really, that he didn't vomit much at all. He had never. Never. Okay. That was the first time ever. So then the next thing I know, the nurse comes in to check his blood sugar. And she took one look at me and she said, you already know, don't you? I said, yes. Yeah, and, that's, and what was his blood sugar when they checked it? 454. That's a good Which catch. He did a good job. Not, not the worst we've heard of. But he's so um, small, too. How much does he weigh at that point? Um, he was about 26 pounds. 26 pounds. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. When, when someone confirms that for you that Jace has type 1 diabetes, I'm really interested in this on a personal level. Did you react like a mom or did you react like a grandmom who has been through way too much and just got slapped in the head with another sh- shovel? Um, like a mom. Did you? I yeah. mean, I was so bonded to him, mm-hmm. and he bonded that the relationship with him, I wish there were a way to really write about it, because I think it is it's unique only to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I just recently asked someone I know who's a writer how I could start blogging. Mm-hmm. Um, my relationship relationship with him is different from my own children. Um, we happen to have two of our children are adopted. Okay. My relationship with them is the same as my gave birth. But my relationship with Jace is different from theirs, and it's different from my grandchildren. The reason it's different is I'm doing what I'm doing still for our daughter. The day that she died, and I realized all these things I was going to have to do to kind of step into her life, I made a silent promise to her that I promised for however long I had the boys, I would do whatever it took to keep them loved. And when Jace was diagnosed with diabetes, that promised on a whole new Yeah, it's funny. It's the same. 
it, it, it's a, it's a something that I, I believe happens, but it, it, you know, what happens usually to people once, it doesn't usually happen twice. It doesn't usually happen like this, which is when we're young and we're theorizing about having a family one day, you know, everybody has that same thought, right? Like if something happens, I'm going to throw myself in front of that truck, you, you know, like I'll, I'll give myself up and I'll do whatever I have to do. And you did that when you had children and then you did it again when your daughter passed away and then you're called on to do it again when Jace is diagnosed with type one, because that really is, you know, I remember having that feeling in the hospital, the first few days in the hospital, uh, the, this realization that whatever I imagined life was going to be like, it really wasn't going to be like that. Right. You, know, you know, like things were going to change. There were going to be moments lost and hours that would be given now to things that wouldn't be my first choice, you know, prior to understanding that diabetes was in our life and things like that. Over right. time, it becomes very normal. And to be perfectly honest, it, it, it's not a loss. It's, it's just your life. But when it first starts happening, you're bombarded with the idea of the things that are being taken from you. Right. You, you know, but you do, but, but also no one could, who would know what's going to be given because you just described a relationship with Jace that you were n never going to have. If your daughter's doesn't, doesn't pass away, you were never right. going to have, if, if he doesn't, you know, become, you know, if he, if he doesn't get type one diabetes, there's, there's so many seemingly bad things happening to you guys that are giving you really great gifts that, and I'm not, I'm not a, spiritual person really. I mean, maybe I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And at the same time, you can't ignore that from this bad is coming good. Well, there have been so many blessings. And one of the things, and being such a big part of the diabetes online, I am, it does, I allow it to take a lot of my life because I felt the need to educate myself as fast as I could. And then I an obligation to try to give back. Um, but now I've lost my train of thought. Um, as a, as does happen. Please, I, I I don't even want to admit that I have called my wife by my daughter's name a half a dozen times this week. So yeah, well, we'll chalk it up to lack of sleep, but it probably isn't isn't that. Um, I I think. Well, I think I shared with you at one point, you were talking about the diagnosis and how things are going to change. And the, I see the blessings. Well, I see God's hand. Casey passed away. Because if she had passed away 24 hours before, Chase may never have been placed in my arms. Mm. No, I mean, there's no doubt. Listen, if I would not have had that opportunity. But when the next morning, by the time we got went lights and sirens to the hospital where Jace would eventually be treated. Um, it was like 1130. And early, early the next morning, there were several people who came in. And I, of course, I'd been awake all night. It was very touch and go. Several people told us. I mean, at the time, you don't want anybody to be applauding you. I mean, it's like, what? Oh, sure. But if we had not gotten there when we did, but it had a very different outcome. Yeah, he, well, he's such a small kid, and yeah. you know the blood sugar is so high, you don't know. I mean, the same thing as somebody told us we were probably about twenty four hours 
right. ahead of right. a of a coma, and then right. you know no one's guaranteed coming out of that, um, right? Especially but when they're younger. People were coming in the room. Somebody from JDRF was there. I think like by eight o'clock in the morning with a bag of hope and business cards, and the, he he came in and you know scheduled an appointment for later that day. And then this very nice woman came in. I was sitting in a recliner holding Jace with the IV pole and the you know the electrodes and the whole nine yards. And she knelt down at my feet and put her hand on my leg. And she's going to take very good care of your little guy. And she said, we're um, going to try to get him on a pump if possible. And I'm like, a pump for what? You know, I mean, in my head. And then she said, um, so, you know, we'll be talking again. And I don't know, an hour or two after she left, I looked at the business card, and Dr. Carrie Zimmer was the endocrinologist. And she was there and that I, quick for you? Well, it wasn't that. Professionalism was so much passion. Scott, we've been so very blessed along the way with um, a very collaborative, I was scared to Yes. Oh, please. Of course. I didn't go into nursing out of high school because for one reason. I didn't think I was smart enough. I was afraid I would kill somebody with medicine. And they send me home with a bottle of insulin. Yeah. I mean, really, you've got to see the irony. <laughs> well, um, obviously, you're, you were, obviously, you could have been a nurse if you... Well, I, yeah, now I think I could. Yeah. Um, one of the things that doctor said to me in our... We had an appointment very soon after we were discharged from the hospital. And she said, and to me, this shows the ability and contrast what I've seen in the diabetes online breaks my heart. said, Joan, I guarantee that if you are in a room full of professionals, including me, you will know better how to take care of Jane than we do. That, well, that's a that's a really nice thing to say. I mean, for for them to tell you that at some point, probably sooner than you can imagine, you're going to have enough, not just enough, you know, experience and and information to do a good job, but, but a job better than them. That's got to be a big confidence builder when someone tells you that. Well, I mean, inside I was kind of laughing. Yeah. Um, I was scared to death of the pump. I even um, the pump arrived. Um, around the beginning of December, and I managed to say, well, maybe we should wait till after Christmas because we are going away for Christmas. And they said, yeah, but it's not really necessary. Once you learn how to use it, good to go. Um, our son-in-law is a doctor. He's a, a pharmacist at a hospital, um, and I knew that he had done, you know, he does inpatient um, training with patients. Um, Anyway, so I figure, well, maybe we'll take the pump and he can help me in advance of the training. He can help me. I'm familiar with it. Anyway, we started the pump um, 2nd of January. And honestly, within a week, I had to laugh at myself. You know, what in the world were you afraid yeah, of? Yeah, what were you afraid it, It's uh, always like that, so. Yeah, bolus wizard and all of that. So um, we had the pump that had the um, continuous glucose monitor that came with it. And Christmas Eve morning, we get a letter from the insurance company. We we are um, 
going to renege on our approval for the CGM portion of the pump. No, because what would a two-year-old need with that? It's already at the house. Yeah, so right. We can't right. be trained to use it. So um, we started the appeal process, and then um, we were denied. And then in February, I had the occasion to meet um, a mom and daughter with type 1. My sister passed away suddenly. And this mom and daughter offered to come to the funeral home. What do you do with a 20-month-old with type 1 diabetes for a five-hour funeral? So they offered to come and take care of him during the funeral. Oh, that's lovely. And said, do you, are you in any support groups? And no. She said, well, are you on Facebook? I said, well, yeah, just to see my kids date with each other in pictures. She said, well, let me send you an invitation. We have a group, and they even meet once a month. Um, so that was my first introduction to online support group. But I was the oldest person, and I had the youngest child. There wasn't anybody with... Anyway, so Facebook very kindly suggested to me that I might like this group and that group, and um, I joined the one for the pump that we have. And very soon, I learned about the Dexcom. I thought, well, this is really interesting. So um, I happened to go to a Type 1 uh, Nation Summit uh, here in our town, and I spent a few minutes with the Dexcom rep, and I thought, you know, this is really the way to go. We're, we're fighting for the wrong thing. Um, so in about two weeks, I learned about Night Scout. Look at you. You are a go-getter. I was, well, I, it I, sort I, of turned into that. Um, <laughs> but thing that I learned um, after we switched gears, tried to, um, you know, get the Dexcom, we had a little glitch flyer who told us approved, and the insurance, somebody at the co insurance company said, well, yes, there's no reason why it shouldn't. So we're, we started using it. And then we get a denial, our third denial. Well, I, something came, happened inside of me that I don't even recognize. Because in the process of waiting, in all these that I'm in, I started, I asked in like three or four groups of par for parents. Yeah. Has anyone had success getting the Dexcom for their child with this insurance? Right. And I started making a list of names of people who had been approved. So then I went back and I asked, what criteria? Well, some of them said nothing. Our doctor just... Wrote a letter. Yeah. Some had to have close under 50 in the previous six months. Jason had, had three in the previous three weeks. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we were checking his blood sugar every two to three hours. And still, we have a good them. endo. Yeah, I'm right. on the phone with them frequently to numbers. So um, then in one of the groups, I realized that we had two active moms. I'm sorry, I, I lost you there for a second. Two active... Active duty. Military active duty. Active duty right, right. Uh, wives of, of men who were deployed in two southern states. And both of them had other children, toddlers diagnosed, had to quit their jobs. One of them was facing a move up north while her husband still deployed. Both denied. These the glucose death. monitors. And I went ballistic. Um... My this is Joan. This is the part in the movie where, like, the voiceover guy comes in in the in the trailer and says, "Joan has had enough." And <laughs> well, that's exactly it. 
Um, my husband was on the phone with the insurance company, and he said, I want a case manager. And they said, well, you know, they gave him an argument and said, well, it can take 30 days. And my husband said, 30 days. And I said, you tell them, we don't have one without within 48 hours. We live in a major city. I will go down and I will go to every network and I will find someone that will listen to my story. Mm-hmm. I was a young military wife and I know the sacrifices. And here we have these deployed, even though Ray and I are retired, they have the same dependents, have the same insurance that we have. I mean, to me, it was way more about Jace. So, anyway, make a long story short, um, within four hours, we had a case. The poor woman called, apologizing because she hadn't even opened the file. I started my story, and she started to cry. She said, I hope they're not, they're not recording this because I could lose my job. So later that day, I got a call from someone else, and I told him my story again, and he said, Benedetto, if this were my child, I would have gone to the media already. Then we got a call back that night that the medical officer for all of this insurance company, which actually is worldwide, had conceded that their manual was outdated. They had, what I found when I was doing this poll was that the approval was just indiscriminate. There was no rhyme or reason. And I had a name of like 40 people. Yeah, this you f- just a short list. You figure that out by talking to people that there was no... Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I made it very clear when I asked the questions on Facebook what I was you know, trying... Not, I didn't say I'm going to try to overturn the whole thing, because <laughs> even I didn't think that think was, that was happening. Think that was happening, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just trying to figure it out. And there was even a family in Hawaii with a child under two who had gotten the other... DM approved that's not even approved for kids under 16. So how that happened, which is the one we originally were trying to get. Um, so when I finally got to talk to a big Kahuna insurance company and told him my story, I was very honest with him. I said, I can't tell you how many thousands are waiting to hear how this plays out. I told him about my poll. I read names to him. With, with permission, I, you know, when I asked the question, I said, you know, I didn't give first and last. In some cases, I used the first, some I used the last. You know, this is, you gave the, you gave the decks to this person, and you didn't even ask them how many lows. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. And I really gave him all the information. So he said, well, um, I can't give you an answer right now, but we will call you back. We're on our way to the endo. Quite a coincidence. And I got a call from him. I don't know, three or four days later. And he said, Mrs. Benedetto, we are approving your Dexcom. Well, now it's the 1st of October, which is a new fiscal. I said, don't you even dare try to tell me that we have to pay a deductible. Yeah, yeah right. He said, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, that's when I cried. Well, geez, I, I can't imagine how many people you helped. I can't, I mean... Honestly, there's there's so much to think about there. It, it, it's you know you're trying to help yourself. You're helping other people. You know if if you know, there's so many ifs in your story, it's it's overwhelming, really. Well, it's kind of where what really holds me up with everything I go through is being able to go back and look at the. Okay, why did we have to wait so long? Why did we have to work so hard? 
But the blessing that comes from waiting makes fight worth it. I mean, I was so shocked to think that once we got to talk to um, you know, where you're not just dealing with a computer. One of the things I found out that was so irritating is that sometimes the denial denial happens because the bill has come for the pre-authorization is processed. And then in the computer, the no takes priority. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot. I, I think also, I think insurance companies in general say no the first time just to see if you'll fight. Because if you don't fight, then they kind of win. They get to keep their money. Well, I, that's what I thought. Yeah. But when I did this poll and found out that there were a lot of people with our insurance company able to get, you know, they had been able to get the deck. And the system's just out of balance. I mean, that made me even more mad. Sure. I was happy for them, but I was so upset and I couldn't get those wives of deployed service members out of my head. Yeah. And do I mean, they have CGMs now, too? Well, anybody who wants one, I have come... Ex- well, the utilization manager um, that I really finally got to and the one who called me back actually gave me his personal contact information. He said, please don't put this on Facebook. I promised him I wouldn't, but I've sort of made myself a self-appointed watchdog, and I've come very close. To handed it out a little bit? Yeah. Yes, where I've been able to say, try this, try that, and if you don't have success, then message me, and I, I have a number for you to call. We'll put you in touch with the guy. Yeah. Right. So um, the policy was changed worldwide, and then it, our Dexcom rep actually helped us. Um, he actually talked to the utilization manager and to try to – our insurance is divided up into three or five regions. I can't remember which. And what I found was that different regions were not um, in compliance or they were not consistent. And that shouldn't be the case either. No, not at all. I mean, um, it, it gets, it, I don't even want to say it gets better slowly because I, I don't know if it does or not. You know, it's, it, it, insurance is probably always going to be this kind of, you know, shell game where they're, right. everything's moving and it's up to you to, to guess right. And that's completely wrong but it does seem like that's how they have it set up let me joe let me ask you this now we're we're you know jace is he's at school now he's four um right you know and he's using a pump and he's got his dexcom now and and how is he doing um are his a1c's where you like them are you still learning what you know what did the technology do for you yeah. Well, believe it or not i i want to bump his a1c up a bit can you believe i just said that is it a little too low for you well yes um He's, he's within, you know, I mean, as far as his percentage of lows, it's really not that bad because, and he's, it's, we're not talking lows like 30s and 40s like we used to have. Um, where we're having an issue right now is becoming a lot more active. And, you know, so we're having, we're chasing him around with glucose tabs and, you know, lowering the basal doesn't always work. You almost have to do it two hours ahead, but you don't know that he's, going to be that active, so you don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, we were so stuck in the eights until we actually got the decks. And then um, 
I'm not really sure, Scott, when you entered the picture. Things pop up. I mean, bless the diabetes online community, really, because I wouldn't expect to read things in my local newspaper if I even had time to read the local newspaper. So um, people post links all the time to really you know, wonderful things that are out there. Um, he got the decks. And I think I told you that I, right about the same time I learned about Night Scout. So we put the decks on him on a Sunday afternoon. Came on a Friday. We started it on Sunday. And even that's amazing to me. A diabetic Danica, the quick start guide. I don't know what took us so long. You know, um, and then within a week we had Night Scout. I mean, I'm talking to my husband about GitHub, Mongo Lab. Double watch, photo G phone, and he looks at me and said, who are you and where is my wife? <laughs> I didn't know what any of that meant. I just knew I had to have it. Um, so we got that all set up. Within three months, next day 1C was 7.5. It continued to go down, and now it's 5.7. Wow. Jeez. Um, it was at 6 for two different, you know, for like for six months it was at a 6, and it went to 5.7. Um, I'm, I would be a little bit more comfortable now that he's getting more active um, just because we he is little changes happen very fast um, you know he can be sitting at 120 just you know nice straight line and go outside for 10 minutes and the next thing we know and he does have very fast drops there doesn't be that's just him um, or it's just the deciding to you know, mess with us. So I, um, I think the first step would be to bump his target, change his target a little bit. Um, we were very aggressive, lowering, you know, because with a toddler, I mean, and I, I read some of these kids, their targets like 200 and that's like, what? Yeah, it, it's it's but you know what everybody is in a different stage of this situation. You, you, right. you know what I mean? And it, it, what the, my hope, and I, I'm assuming yours is too, is that at some point they don't give up before they get to this part. You, you know, right. like I and that that's it's understandable, and that that's what you want for them. Like I mean, you just described a, an incredible fight to get a glucose monitor to get your Dexcom, and you get it, and you go from an A1C stuck in the eights to one that's sub six yeah and and lows that used to be 30 that aren't 30 anymore now 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 you're thinking low is 60 because you don't see stuff lower than that and and because you're able to you know you're able to respond quicker you're able right. to get to it sooner you're out you're looking inside of jace's body and you see what his blood sugar is doing it's invaluable the trick is to have it be a passion without it becoming an obsession sure right we yeah, do yeah. try to don't uh Never talk about good numbers, bad numbers. Um, you know, really don't make him privy to a lot of conversations. Um, but it's just been interesting to watch him learn on his own. Um, the other night he called down to us and he said, I'm low. Well, sometimes he does go low. It's like the exercise catches up. We've changed the, the dinner ratio. But he still starts, to, as soon as he gets in his bed and starts to relax, you know, you can watch it happen. And I called up, I said, okay, I'll be up, you know, I'll be up in a minute, we'll check. So my husband goes up, and he says, I'm low. And he is pretty much hypo-unaware. 
I mean, he's aware of something going on, but I mean, like yesterday, I was I fed him four glucose tabs while he was outside playing with a neighbor, and never once say I'm going low. I mean, he had no clue. Like, why are you doing this, mom? So my husband gets up there and he says, Jay says, I checked myself already. I'm low. Well, he knows numbers like one, two, three, four, but he doesn't know 50 or 60 or, you know. Well, he's that. four years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, my husband says, oh, really? You checked yourself? And he says, yes, there's the meter. He opens it up to the log. Sure enough, he checked himself. 57. Did he really poke a hole yeah, in his finger and check his blood? Sure. completely. Good so for him. Ray says, well, how did you know he was low? He says, the numbers are yellow. Oh, well, that's now, interesting. I have never said that to him. Yeah, he figured it out. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Wow, look at so, you. So, I mean, definitely lower than we would want want him to be. But, again, a fast drop. Yeah. You know, 10 down, 17 down. Whoops. You know, we better get up there. Yeah, you're moving quickly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, using the technology, right before I started listening to you, and this is where I have to praise our endo group again, too, because... When I went to the endo and said, I we want the DEX, the nurse practitioner said, okay, I can see you are, you're a different case. Said you might want to look up Dr. Ponder. Oh, cool. And because I had already said, I, this target's high, I want to lower his target. I want to lower the active insulin that was like set for four hours. And I could tell the pump was doing too much negative mass. So, um... I Googled Dr. Ponder, and this was long before the book. I think he was working on the book. So I started following Dr. Ponder and doing a little bit of sugar surfing and trying to, you know, educating my husband. And then, when I, and I shared this with you when we were on the phone, you said, being bold with insulin. And I don't know, that just so struck me. I mean, as much as Dr. Ponder talks about the pivot and, I mean, it was like the blessing of coming into our life right when we need to hear them. I wouldn't have been ready for bold with insulin a couple months after diagnosis. No, sure. Um, or even prior to Night Scout. I mean, I've got the dots. I have the, the data. I have the Pebble Watch. I have all the tools. But then you got to know what to do with them. Using the most important thing, which was the vial of insulin, to my advantage. Yeah, the the CGM very often for people in the beginning, you know, I, I kind of flippantly call it that. I think they think of it as like the don't die alarm. You, you, you know, like well, we got this CGM, so the blood sugar will never get so low that something horrible will happen. If you're using it just for that, you are you are quite literally shooting a fly with a bazooka. You, right. you, know, you know what I mean? Like you, there's so much more you can do. Right. And most of that is just understanding how insulin works and how, and, and how it affects your body and understanding how food affects you and how it affects your body and how to line those two things up so that they're working in tandem and not against each other. Well, the other thing that went fine with that, and you have talked about this so much, is pre-bolusing. Yeah, all that and, and pre-bolusing is a scary word to people. All pre-bolusing means is I need to understand when insulin begins to work so I can match that up with when the food begins to affect me. It's not that right. It's, you but know, when you when you are you know educated, especially with a toddler, 
it's almost impossible. And if you're on MDI, I mean, we sometimes have a meal where I have five entries in the pump. Now, you can't do that with MDI. You're I not going to give somebody... Be, yeah. yeah. You're not going to give them five shots because because he asked for more. And that's, right. you know, that's where, that's where having a pump is. You know, I think a pump is... It does three things. It keeps you from having to inject all day. It allows you to give insulin, you know, closer together so that you don't have that horrible feeling like, oh, I just poked him with a needle. I don't want to do it again. So I'll, now I'll restrict food or I'll do something else or I'll let the blood sugar go high because I feel bad. And it gives you the ability to manipulate your basal rates. Right. I think those are the three biggest things that a pump can do for you. you well, know. for example, I added one carb basis pump. He's extremely carb sensitive. If he eats two or three ounces of cucumber, I have to put three carbs. In. Isn't that something? Yeah, how it I affects I added him. one carb, and it was .050 of a And how are I you going to find that with a needle? Oh, absolutely. But you were the first one who really talked about baiting for the drop. You know, pre-bolusing, when you really, it's like, oh, how long? I mean, about once a month, somebody will pose a question and then say, go. How soon ahead do you pre-bolus? And then people, you know, right. Well, there, it, to me, it's depend unless he's really starving. Like, for example, let's say he wakes up and he's one, which, you know, we like them to wake up more around 100, but, mm-hmm. you know, we don't always get to hey, you don't get the juice. manipulate that yep. because it's diabetes. So unless he's really, really hungry... He pre-bolus. We check him upstairs and we pre-bolus because we pretty much know how many carbs he's going to have. And then if we have to add a few, too. And you wait. You wait until that insulin's working and then you add the food in. Yes. Yes. And, you know, if he wants to play before he eats, that's really great. And then we set the microwave timer and we say, okay, now we'll, we'll eat in 15 minutes. But if we don't have a an angled arrow down, you know, maybe he's down to 130 now, but he's still kind of sitting there. I'll just ask him if he's hungry, and if he says no, just I hang out a little longer. Dog. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. There are times when I'm making dinner where I'll say to Arden, "Hey, you know, I, I you know, go ahead and bowl. last night I was like bolus uh, five units for dinner," and and she's like, "Okay," and she does it, and the food was ready, and I just kind of you know clanked around with my spatula for a couple of extra minutes. <laughs> right. And then I was like, oh, it's done. Come on out. But I just right. want, I wonder, she was like 120 and I wanted to see her, I wanted to see her blood sugar moving down before she started to eat. Right. So, because, well, I, you know, that's I, you the know, hope. You're teaching, you're able to really teach her all this. Jace is so young. Oh, sure. I, I just, I, anybody who's listening to this and hears a, a blood sugar of 5.7, I am in, like I said, I'm in a lot of groups for different reasons. Dexcom, Medtronic, I'm in many groups. And I see what happens when they're in school. I see what happens when they're adolescents. I am not under this cloud that has me so secure. We're always going to have this 5-7. I'm not that naive. Um, if I can keep him managed as well as possible until he's, you know, I mean, we're going to have different stages. Oh, yeah. Wait till you um, see. So I'm, I'm not 
not that naive to think that we're going to always be able to manage tightly as we are. And I don't ever want it to come so tight that he's really aware of it, that that's all we are focusing. Yeah, and, and, and Joan, it'll get easier, too. It, it, you won't take as much of your focus. And the changes. You know, when you listen to people, you know, old timers, because of how quick the the technology goes, somebody who's, you know, really knew what they were doing five years ago is out of the loop already because they were using, maybe they were using CGM technology that's not nearly as good as it is now. And, you you know, and they don't think about it the same way as you are trying to think about it now. I'm telling you that when those times come, it's not that bad. You know, like sometimes it's crazy and it takes a long time to wrap your head around it. Arden has hit, you know, beginning to hit puberty. And my last few months were, were bad. Like at some point I'm going to get on here and tell you, I guarantee you her, her A1C is about to go up. We're going right. to get it. It's we're, her, her appointments next week. And I, 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 I bet you it's in the mid sixes or higher because she needed more basal insulin. And it took me about six or eight weeks to figure it out. Right. You know, so... Don't you it, just feel like you should have your detective certificate by now? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I would I like mean, a certificate for something. <laughs> right. I mean, we're always like, okay, well, is it the insulin? Well, let's do a syringe correction. And we do do, I would say, a lot of syringe correction. If we have a stubborn mid-200s, I mean, I don't wait around. Yeah. yeah. If it doesn't come down after two corrections you know, within, you know, like three hours apart... Or less. You try the syringe, and if the syringe, oh, absolutely. and First if the syringe all, moves, it what it teaches you. Needs to know that a syringe is just part of the package. Right, right. I mean, I'm certainly not going to you know, do that unnecessarily, but I'm just. First of all, I see the physical effects. One of the things that, one of the symptoms that he had that we didn't know he was a symptom of diabetes is we're assuming he was having headaches. Um, we go to sleep, and he would kind of like tap his forehead on the pillow and go, mmm. Because Jace has never been that kind of a crier, he was never a screamer as an infant, it seemed like he was humming himself to sleep. Well, when his blood sugar is high, so guess what? He's so a, he's if got I addict. can keep him from feeling those physical feelings, I'm going to use a syringe. Well, of course, that's how you know, okay, well, it's definitely not insulin. So it could be a pump site. You know, I mean, and this I is just how I'll find like out, and not and not hours from now. I'm going to find out as quickly as I can. Right, right. So, I mean, just constantly figuring out. Okay, well, is it just okay? How many nights has this happened? Happened this many nights in a row? Well, no. So it can't be this. Can't be that. Um, but you know, one of the things too that I, and this is an area where you are extremely blessed, um, is having a school that allows you to have that constant with your child. Yeah, it's, it's helpful. It's heartbreaking for me to see because we're experiencing that now too. We chose a school with no nurse over the school with the nurse. Because when I went to the school to interview them an entire year before Chase was supposed to start preschool, I took my Dexcom and my Night Scout watch and they were totally blown away. The teachers have a laptop open, full-time Jace is there, with Jace's Night Scout website on it. They watch the dots. And I just told them last week 
I said, congratulations. I just want to let you know that you're sugar surfing. <laughs> well, what's that? Open <laughs> um, that they, line around. Yeah, there's a set time when there's snack. And first started uh, after the first couple of weeks. I mean, the first couple of weeks I went in and, you know, helped them check his blood sugar and put the carbs in. And then after that, they felt comfortable. So then after that, I stayed in the parking lot in case they need me, needed me. And then finally, after about a month, uh, I actually got brave and drove five minutes away across the river um, over the bridge, which was scary as could be, um, you know, and, and let them just care of him. And then we got to the point where we said, okay, well, if he's at this number, better check him early and just bolus through pump. Um, or if he's at this number with an angled arrow down, um, he always has these little peanut butter crackers in his backpack. Are you finding that managing remotely is helping you understand it better? Like be, like having to imagine it with him not in the room, just on the data. I find when that when I started doing that, I I realized that like being able to picture it all in your head was really valuable for me. It's almost like you know, there's some people who can call you on the phone and help you fix your computer, and there are some people who have to come touch the computer because they can't explain it to you. Right, and, right. And I think that the the being removed from the person who you're helping with the diabetes, like, and it makes you picture it in your head more. Like for me, it made me leap forward a little bit with how I understood it. So, well, I haven't. I maybe I'm not at that point yet. What I am, where I am with it. First of all, I want everybody to have that in the school. But where the peace of mind comes, okay. Now I. This I don't know. It seems to happen when I'm at Trader Joe's for some reason. I look at my watch and I see, oh my goodness, it's, you know, it's 9.30 and he's already going low. And I'll watch the watch for, you know, because every five minutes it gives me something, you know, another number. Um, and so I'll open up the website on my phone. And the next thing I know, because with Night Scout, you have a care portal. It's all part of the website. So... What they do is there's a, a plus sign at the top of the website, and they just take their mouse and they click on it, and they type in what the actual BG is. They type in what car, how many carbs they gave him. They type in the amount of insulin that they delivered through the pump. They type in the food. Um, or if it's a low, they put in the actual BG, how much they gave. Okay, so I'm shopping at Trader Joe's. I'm getting a little nervous. Um, not because I don't trust them, but just because I'm I understand. heading that's away. Yep. And the next thing I know, a dot appears. That dot, I have been in Trader Joe's and just been reduced out of gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because someone's understanding it. All I have to do is touch that dot on my phone, and a little square message comes up. Tells me exactly what the BG was. And what they did about it. Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. absolutely incredible. The gratitude every day has taken away. Once we got the decks of Night Scout set up, the incredible sadness that washed over me on November 2nd of 2013, that I didn't even realize how sad I was. The, the grieving process of Jason's type 1 diabetes overtook me more than the death of our daughter only because I had no time to experience that grief. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. It'd be, it, it, isn't it interesting? A person passes and then you sort of have an unlimited amount of time to deal with it. When someone tells you you have type 1 diabetes, you pretty much have until the first time they hand you a syringe to figure it out. And, right. And, and, and to get right and get moving. Because, right. because you can't say, it's not, I've said it before, it's not like you can, uh, it's not like when you realize you've been eating wrong and you want to start a diet and you say to yourself, okay, well, I'll start on Monday. You, right. You, you know, right. It's, it's right now. Yeah, it's, it's right now. And what I really want for anyone who wants it to have this technology, to have schools that are cooperative. I mean, there are people who have Dexcom share aren't even allowed to have that technology. I mean, it's, you know. Because so, they block I mean, the kids a, from having their phone fight. or something. After, after we, after we um, saw the insurance company and one, I had people say, you know, okay, Joan, well, you know, you need to do something else. I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> no, no, no. But, yeah. You take care yeah, of yourself. My next fight is getting... Um, you know, we go to the pediatrician. I've been going to you know the same office in any one of the number of cubicles that they have, and there's a sign in Spanish and English on breastfeeding. It's the only thing hanging in every exam room to the point I've memorized it. What is it? It's a it's a, a, a an eight and a half by eleven laminated sheet on the values of breastfeeding. Okay. So I asked the pediatrician well, could we put something up about type 1 diabetes? And I did finally have a conversation with him um, about a month ago. I said, look, let's just, let's just talk about this. I mean, he's in awe of the technology. He says we're doing a great job with Chase. I said, look, I don't hold you responsible because we didn't diagnose Chase at his 18-month well baby check with type 1 diabetes. But I guarantee if all of the symptoms have been up there next to that chart on breastfeeding, including, you know, um, sleepy, you know, Jace was kind of gone back to taking a little morning nap, headaches, I mean, the little head thing, I guarantee you if there had been some information about type 1 diabetes, that conversation that day at that checkup, we wouldn't have waited nine days and had AA. Yeah, no kidding. Joan, I got to tell you, we've been talking for so long and I could keep (laughs) going, but I'm afraid, I'm afraid of what will happen if we'll both lose our entire day. I don't want to cut you off, but I do want to say, I want to say this before we say goodbye, right? I think everyone who listened to this now knows how your daughter filled that semi with donations for Katrina. So you have, you have, you you two obviously share the 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 feeling that when once you sink your teeth into something and it's valuable for someone else that you don't let go and and really that is you know i mean it's such a it's such a nice there's so many good messages here i don't even want to try to wrap them up i'm going to have to listen back to this before i figure out what i got out of listening to you and and everyone's going to have to do the same thing when they're done listening they're going to really have to think about it because your story and what's happened to you and what continues to happen to you and how you continue to write your story as a new is this is uplifting. I, I, I would imagine that people would come back and listen to this over and over again when, when they're feeling like that the diabetes has the best of them, because obviously you can, you know, you can, you can change the way you think about things. You can, you can reformat your world to, uh, to where you want it and fight for it every day because you are, 
you're a grandmother doing it who's really a mother doing it. It's, you, you deserve, you said a certificate earlier. Someone ought to send you a certificate right now. I, I don't know. Oh, it, 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 you're just, you're really astonishing. It, it, it's amazing. Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I, I've already shared with you part of where I get my strength. Because I, you know, I've shared that I am a very faith-filled person. I do have a, a wonderful husband who allows me to be the coach. I mean, you know, we're a team, but somebody's got to be the coach. And he knows that I'm on a lot. I'm learning. I'm reading everything I can and trying to, you know, pass it all along to him. But if there is a takeaway, God, I am so incredibly filled with gratitude that it is. There is an exhilaration. I never thought I would feel those. Feelings anything with diabetes hanging over our heads. I'm so grateful for um, the assistance that we got with our insurance. People who even answered my, my query on Facebook. I'm grateful for you. And what I went back and listened, once I found you, I went back and listened to every podcast. Well, thank you. Um, and, you know, Dr. Ponder for his generosity and workshop going all over the world for free. It's a community I, thing. I had a chance to hear him. And and the the diabetes online community, each one that I'm in, I learn something. But what I really learned is that even at my age and busy raising a 15-year-old and a toddler, there is an opportunity to give back. And I have to do that because of gratitude I feel. And I, I know I've mentioned Night Scout many times, maybe more than you would like. No, not at all. I, I, I think Night Scout's amazing. I just I, don't I understand post, it. <laughs> I post on there periodically when someone else you know, will thank. Uh, there was just um, John Costa been able to do something else that's quite an achievement. And I I am so grateful every day. I, I can't believe we have it. My husband and I were the last people in the neighborhood to get a microwave. It's like, oh, what do I need that thing? And now you see Chase's glucose monitor on laptops yeah, and on I mean, watches. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had to really humble myself on CGM in the cloud so many times. I've had to ask questions. I just troubleshoot. And it is humiliating to have to say, I don't even understand the language that you're using, let alone figure it out for myself. Well, well, listen, I think here's what I think. And you said a lot of kind things in there about a lot of people and me included. So thank you very much. But I think you are as much a part of the community and helping people as everyone is. I think the lesson is, is that everyone who's involved, whether you're asking questions, answering questions or trying to help, that's what the, that's what the community is. That's how it makes it up. It's not one person. It's not you know, one person's blog that's more popular than somebody else's, it's that that's all meaningless because without everybody, it doesn't exist. You, you know, it's an ecosystem and you're a huge part of it and probably just as big a part of it as anybody else. And you're answering, you're trying to pass on what you know, you're fighting with insurance companies with people. You listen to a podcast that helped you. So then you went on to tell your story. And now I love to say this to people who come on, you found something that helped you on the podcast and then you shared your story and now your story is going to help somebody else. And, and that's what this is all about. It's where the strength of the community comes from and it's why it continues and it persists and it grows even as people come in and out of it all the time. And that's it. You're, you're as big, you are as big a part of this as I am and, and, and anybody else. 
Well, thank you. But I, I really thank you for the opportunity to to tell my story and, you know, just to talk about Stacy and, um, I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. I'm, you were very generous to come on and, and tell us about your family and everything. And so thank you so very much. Thank you. If you'd like to see the photograph that Joan spoke about, it's at juiceboxpodcast.com. There's nothing more to say other than the Juicebox Podcast will be back maybe in a week, maybe in a week and a half with all new episodes.